Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this special emergency bonus edition of Trojans Wired, uh, an in-house production of the website Trojans Wire, part of the College Wire Network. So, emergency podcast because Mario Cristobal, rival of USC up at Oregon, Lots of speculation that he could be going to Miami. And uh, you've listened to this podcast all season long. You know that my producer, Ian Hest, he lives in uh, South Florida, you know, follows the Miami program very closely, cares about the Miami program very closely. So without any pomp or circumstance uh, or elaborate introduction, Ian, just tell us what's going on down there, what you're hearing on the ground. And obviously the, the, the key report, and nothing's been finalized as we record this podcast at a, just after uh, 1 p.m. Miami time on Saturday afternoon. But the report was on Friday evening that Clemson AD Dan Radakovich uh, could become the AD at Miami and that that would be accompanied by package deal in which Mayo Cristobal comes to Miami. Obviously, Miami would not hire the Clemson athletic director, the guy who's presided over Dabo Swinney if he wasn't bringing a heavyweight head coach with him, you know, Dan Radakovich is not going to come there to, to supervise and babysit Manny Diaz. He's coming in there because there's going to be a new sheriff in town. So all these moving parts, all this uncertainty, just tell us what's going on and how Radakovich in particular fits into this uh, puzzle. Yeah. So uh, Radakovich is, is the guy that I, I it, a lot has happened in the past 24, 48 hours. Uh, stuff that I, I, I really could not imagine having talked to you about uh, on Monday morning, like last Monday morning when we spoke. Um, Radakovich looks to be the guy uh, that, that's going to be the next AD. And they're going, they want to move quickly on this. There's been some talk about like uh, of timetable and we can kind of get into that. I think a little bit of it is overblown, but um, yeah, it looks like Radakovich is going to be the next AD, which, you know, coming from Clemson, he is a Miami guy. So that first in and of itself is a little bit of a surprise because Miami typically doesn't go for Miami guys. And when they have in the past, i.e. Manny Diaz, i.e. Mark Richt, i.e. Randy Shannon, um, when they've gone for someone from the past it hasn't been their finest hour um but he is he comes with the prestige of everything that you possibly would want in an athletic director and uh the 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 numbers that i've heard are substantial for bringing him from clemson uh this is they have you know they they have julio frank who's the current president um has not really understood Miami's always had like this awkward relationship with their athletic department where they've never really wanted to be an athletic school, even amidst all the, I know that that sounds crazy to outsiders, but Miami has 
done everything in its power always to never be an athletic school. So the fact that they are, you know, making this investment uh, is extremely uh, surprising, to say the least. So, Ian, it, it really seems as though, you know, from chaos came a sense of urgency that from the clutter, from the mess, from the lack of organization, you know, we've heard all the reports you've, you you know, you've talked to me throughout the season. You said, you know, this was a very dysfunctional situation. It seems as though from that disordered state, there were urgent conversations some way, somehow that just got everybody on the same page and, and, and created the idea that, Hey, we need, you know, we all care about Miami. We're on very different pages, different wavelengths, but we all care about it. You know, let's let's just let's do something big. Let's shoot for the moon. Like, and and you you you've said you were you were skeptical that Miami would show the huevos rancheros, the the stones to marshal its resources. That's a West Coast way of saying it. How we say it out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> there are all there are always regional differences, right? So, like, just. I know you can't be too specific in terms of pointing to specific people, but I'm sure you're as stunned as anyone that from this chaos came a sense of clarity that, wait, hey, we need to be serious players if we're going to bother to field a football program. Yeah, there's two aspects to that, Matt. And the first one is um, where where actually Lincoln Riley comes in here is I think that everybody kind of, got a little bit shook with USC and Notre Dame. Those are two programs, or not even two programs, but like even two universities, both athletically and academically, that Miami compares itself to. And seeing them in, in their situations with what they did, I think that Miami, first off, um, the, the impact of investment has always been a huge thing down here how much are they going to decide to invest it's always been uh and you and i talked about this privately but that that it's always been a situation where they wanted to keep costs low it wasn't that ever that they weren't will that they didn't have the means they always had the means it was just were they willing to invest in that situation the second is miami's board of trustees is extremely large for a university its size so there are a lot of players uh that that's probably like the biggest factor in whether or not this whole house of cards will fall there are just a lot of hands in the pot and however many of those can get on board is always with the University of Miami, how that tide will will turn, how that ship will sail. So, you know, on the heels of what you just said there about the large board of trustees, I mean, does that influence the funding for, you know, ponying it's the up? Whole, it's the whole shebang. It's the yep, whole game. Yep. They, they have a lot of, they have a lot of control and there are a lot of egos and there are a lot of uh, uh, people who are making decisions. And and so there isn't like, uh, as opposed to a situation with USC, like we were talking, where it's what is Mike Bone going to decide? 
this is not a, a, a situation where that is going to have like one person, they are going to be the decision maker and they are going to decide. And so on the heels of what you said about USC Notre Dame, and for, first, may I say, that's a brilliant insight, truly brilliant. Uh, you know, I, I'm assuming that, you know, kind of related to that, that if that if Lincoln Riley went to, you know, another state school and uh, it wouldn't have had nearly the same resonance for Miami, that USC really was the I mean, you mentioned Notre Dame, but like USC especially was the attention getter, given that USC's on the coast and really values its uh, academic reputation, that that seemed to be like the the the, the move that. You know, it not only changed crystal balls. See, that's what I was focused on when uh, USC yeah. got Lincoln Riley. You know, it's going to change Mario Cristobal's thought process. But you're coming in here and saying, and I think, again, brilliantly, it caught Miami's attention. It changed Miami's thought process. So I'm assuming that if Lincoln Riley had gone to another state school, let's just hypothetically say, you know, Ryan Day went to the NFL and Lincoln Riley went to Ohio State, wouldn't have changed Miami's thought process nearly as much as USC doing this. Oh, 100%. Manny would have been back. 100%. And and Manny's still here. So like let's yeah. let's give him the respect that he deserves. Yeah. But um I I think that absolutely if if Lincoln Riley did not go to USC, I I don't think that any of this would have happened because I think that they saw that and said we can't be we can't there like there is some academic value in athletic relevancy and once they made that decision everything about the athletic director search changed and everything about the idea of who our next coaching carousel decisions changed and all of this flipped literally within a week uh, from the conversations that i've had i i can't believe how fast this happened because we always knew they had the money. They just weren't going to spend it. And something happened where they were like, okay, we're going to spend the money now. And the only thing that you can turn to is, okay, we compare ourselves to the Notre Dames of the world. Okay, we compare ourselves to the USC's of the world. Let's look at what they're doing. They're making moves. What are we doing? That, that's the only logical conclusion you move in, in, along on this process. All right, Ian, I know you're giving up your Saturday afternoon. I mean, only 10 minutes, but like I want to keep it short since you are giving up a piece of your Saturday afternoon. So the final question is the timing. You know, there's been speculation about, okay, Miami wants to announce the AD and Crystal Ball together. It wants to announce the AD, Radakovich first, then firing Manny Diaz, you know. So like how much does it matter that it does the one thing before the other or all the, the different moves all together. And also, you know, it's conference championship weekend. So like, is Miami going to news dump this? If it goes through with this, if it's able to land the plane, so to speak, do you do this during the ACC championship game to kind of take the focus away from hitting wake Forest? And you say like my, Hey, Miami is going to be back on top in the ACC. Do you do it Sunday morning before the playoff show? Do you do it after the playoff uh, revelation early Sunday afternoon? Just I, I'm not giving asking you to give a projection. I'm I'm really interested in your opinion on when and the when and how and, and what you think matters, if anything, uh, in this process. I don't think that the timing matters in terms of like, you know, they're not playing a game for another nine months. So I don't think that any of it necessarily matters. 
Um, but how they want to do this, I would expect it to be done with as much fanfare as possible. So think about timing in terms of that. There's been talk about Tuesday. I I don't really see that as a logical um, timetable for anything to to happen. But there's going there there needs to be a process. If you put this play into like three acts, there needs to be a process of um, Radakovic getting hired, Manny most likely being gone, whoever his successor is for the bowl game being named. Which, which that is not a, a minor detail. I, we can get into it if you want, but them going to the Sun Bowl would be an absolute disaster for them. Uh, they need to get to the Pinstripe Bowl just for so many reasons. They need to be in New York City. Um, and, and then that final aspect of hiring Mario, which still is up in the air, it's just very surprising how quickly he has emerged as this front runner, especially after last night's Pac-12 championship game, uh, that that this moved just completely switched in a very quick fashion. All right, Ian, we're obviously going to talk about this on our regular show, so I'll leave you for the rest of your Saturday afternoon. Thanks for giving up these, uh, you know, 10, 12 minutes for an instant perspective on what's going on. And obviously when uh, more news breaks, definitely be able to talk to you about it on Trojans Wired. Ian, thank you, and we'll we'll, uh, talk to you in a few days for our normal weekly show. Always happy to talk to you, Matt.